Hello everyone once again and welcome to the Saints Podcast. I am your host, Gabriel Ifanyo Onyawo. In today's episode, we shall be looking at the topic, Speaking in Tongues Part 2. The reason behind it is because there has been a continuous misunderstanding of the gift of speaking in tongues by a clear misinterpretation of the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 14. We have covered this topic in a previous episode, so you already have an idea of what, what is going on. Let's begin. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2, it says, For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God, since people won't be able to understand you. You will be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but it will all be mysterious. And then in verse 26, it says, Well, brothers, well, my brothers and sisters, let's summarize. When you meet together, one will sing, another will teach, another will tell some special revelation revelation God has given, one will speak in tongues, and another will interpret what is said. But everything that is done must strengthen all of you. Verse 27, it says, No more than two or three should speak in tongues. They must speak one at a time, and someone must interpret what they say. In a previous episode, as well as in the book of Acts, we established the fact that the Spirit of God activates the gift of speaking in tongues where there is a language barrier for the purpose of passing a message across or at least witnessing the gospel. In the book of Acts chapter 2 verse 1 to 10 it says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Verse 2. Suddenly a noise came from heaven. It sounded like a strong wind blowing. This noise filled the whole house where they were sitting. Verse 3. They saw something that looked like flames of fire. The flames were separated and stood over each person there. Verse 4. They were all they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak different languages. The Holy Spirit was giving them the power to do this. Verse 5. There were some godly Jews in Jerusalem at this time. They were from every country in the world. Verse 6. A large crowd came together because they heard the noise. They were surprised because, as the, as the apostles were speaking, everyone heard in their own language. Verse 7. They were all amazed at this. They did not understand how the apostles could do this. They said, Look, these men we hear speaking are all from Galilee. Verse 8. But we hear them in our own languages. How is this possible? We are from all these different places. Verse 9. Parthia, Medea, Elam, Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia. Verse 10. Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, the areas of Libya near the city of Cyrene, Rome. Verse 11. Crete, and Arabia. Some of us were born Jews and others have changed their religion to worship God like Jews. We are from these different countries but we can hear these men in our own languages. We can all understand the great things they are saying about God. Now notice the Spirit of God did not give the apostles the ability to speak a language they already knew how to speak. It was a language unknown to the apostles. However, I want to bring to your attention two types of speaking in tongues. I will term them category A and category B. Now, in category A type of speaking in tongues actually reflects what happened in Acts chapter 2. 
And we can we can remember that in Acts chapter 2, when the apostles spoke in tongues or spoke in unknown languages that was unknown to the apostles, we 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 recorded that the people who heard them interpreted and understood what was being said successfully without any kind of hindrance and without someone else interpreting for them what was said. But in category B, you would notice that when speaking in tongues happens, the hearers don't seem to understand what is being said. For instance, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2, it says, For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God. Why? Since people won't be able to understand you. You will be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but it will all be mysterious. And in verse 13 it says, So anyone who speaks in tongues should pray also for the ability to interpret what is being said. And in verse 27 it says, No more than two or three should speak in tongues. They must speak one at a time, and someone someone must interpret what they say. So there is a difference here because in category A type of speaking in tongues, when speaking in tongues happens, the hearers usually interpret and understand what, what, what is being said successfully without any hindrance. But in category B, when speaking in tongues happens, the hearer does not understand, thereby there is a need for someone to interpret what is being said. So clearly we can see two, type, two types of speaking in tongues at play here. And so the question is, is there any further evidence in the Bible to support either one of these two to be more superior and authentic? The answer is yes, and is found in the Old Testament. In the book of Numbers chapter 22, verse 27 to 30, it says, But before then, just, just a little background. Now, there, there was a certain man by the name of Balak who happened to be the king of Moab. Now, Balak was seeking someone to lay a curse on the people, people of Israel. So he sent people to meet the prophet Balaam, promising him material and worldly rewards in exchange for him to lay a curse on the people of Israel. So when they went to, when they went to uh, Balaam, Balaam decided to consult God. But having, after consulting God, God told him not to go with them. So he told them he could not go with them because his God would not allow him. And they went back and brought this report to Balak. But Balak persuaded them further to persuade Balaam to come and uh, lay a curse on the people of Israel in exchange for material uh, rewards and stuff. So Balaam told them to lodge one more night for him to consult God. Having consulted God, God told him to go. But in reality, God was angry with him and God sent an angel of the Lord to block him on the way and prevent him from going. So in the book of Numbers chapter 22 verse 27 to 30 it says also okay it says the donkey saw Yahweh's angel and she lay down under Balaam. Balaam's anger burned and he struck the donkey with his staff. Verse 28 Yahweh opened the mouth of the donkey and she said to Balaam what have I done to you that you have struck me that you have struck me these three times? Verse 29. Balaam said to the donkey, Because you have mocked me, I wish there were a sword in my hand, for now I would have killed you. Verse 30. The donkey said to Balaam, Am I not your donkey on which you have ridden all your life long until today? Was I ever in the habit of doing so to you? He said no. Verse 31 further. 
Then Yahweh opened the eyes of Balaam, and he saw Yahweh's angel standing in the way with his sword drawn in his hand. And he bowed down, and he bowed his head, and fell, and fell on his face. So here we notice that Balaam had a successful conversation with his donkey. I repeat, his donkey, not a human being. So it's safe to say that the Spirit of God enabled the donkey to speak in tongues or to speak in unknown language, unknown, unknown to the donkey but known to Balaam. Also notice there was no need for someone else or a third party to interpret for Balaam what was being said. Balaam had interpreted and understood what was said. Even in the midst of language barrier between Balaam and a donkey, between a human being and an animal, there was a successful conversation made possible by the power and the Spirit of God. We can say the donkey spoke in tongues. Similarly, the same thing happened in Acts chapter 2. When the power of God filled the, the apostles and enabled them the ability to speak in tongues, the apostles spoke in different languages from all those places that was mentioned in Acts chapter 2. All those places with having those languages that those languages that normally the apostles wouldn't be able to speak but the power of God enabled them to speak all those languages successfully and the people from those places heard the apostles and understood interpreted interpreted successfully without any hindrance and without a third party interpreting for them what was said and so from this we can conclude that that these two, these two evidences of what happened in book of Numbers and what happened in book of Acts chapter 2 supports category A of speaking in tongues. And so we can say category A of speaking in tongues is more superior and more authentic than category B of speaking in tongues. But for people who believe in speaking or uttering sounds that no one can understand or interpret would argue, would argue that speaking in tongues is not meant to be understood by human beings because the speaker is not speaking to men, rather is speaking to God. And to prove this, they would quote 1 Corinthians 14.2. So let's look at, let's read it one more time and really interpret this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 2, it says, For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God, since people won't be able to understand you. You will be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but it will all be mysterious. So is this verse trying to tell us that speaking in tongues means speaking to God and not to people by speaking spiritual mysteries that only God has the ability to understand? If that is so, then how do you explain Acts chapter 2, where the apostles, you know, spoke in tongues, or we can, we can say as we can assume spoke the same spiritual mysteries that human beings aren't supposed to understand, but guess what? Human beings understood and interpreted it successfully, which is, which is to say Acts chapter 2 is in direct, direct conflict with what we understand to be the meaning of 1 Corinthians 14.2. And if that be it so, then what is the correct understanding or interpretation of 1 Corinthians 14.2? I think the answer is found in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 28. It says, but if no one is present who can interpret, they must be silent in your church meeting and speak in tongues to God privately. Remember verse 2 says whoever is speaking in tongues is talking to God, especially if people can understand what you are saying. And the reason behind that is, verse 28 says, but if no one can, but if no one is present who can interpret, they must be silent in your church meeting and speak in tongues to God privately. 
And that is because it is unlikely that the Spirit of God would activate the gift of speaking in tongues where no one can understand or interpret it successfully. Now think about it this way. Imagine if Balaam's donkey were to speak to another donkey in human language made possible by the power of God. Just like in 1 Corinthians 14 2, we can say that donkey is speaking to God since his fellow donkey cannot understand what he is saying. So the idea that speaking in tongues means speaking to God and not men is actually wrong. On the contrary, speaking in tongues simply means God speaking to someone through another person where there is language barrier. Now, is it possible that Paul is trying to prove what speaking in tongues is not in a creative way that does not cause disunity or division? In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10, it says, I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ, to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no divisions in the church. Rather, be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 28 mentions that if the speaker who is speaking in tongues or whereby there is a speaking in tongues happening and no one is able to interpret what is being said, that the speaker should remain silent and speak to God in tongues privately. Now also in the book of Isaiah 55 11 claims that God says that his word will not return to him void. Imagine a situation whereby, decide, whereby God decides to pass a message and decides to do it through speaking in tongues. But unfortunately, no one could interpret what was being said. And so the speaker had to be silent and return and speak to God in tongues privately, probably returning God's word to him unfulfilled, unsuccessful. That doesn't make sense. Furthermore, in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 now, chapter 12 verse 10, it's talking about the different gifts the Spirit gives. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 10, it says, He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else, he gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still, another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. And so my question is, who is likely to be the lucky fellow whom the Spirit of God will grant the ability to interpret what is being said in tongues or in unknown languages? If you ask me, the answer is staring us in the eyes hidden in plain sight. Now, simply put, in the case of Balaam and his donkey, we can say the Spirit of God enabled the donkey the ability to speak in tongues, while the same Spirit enabled Balaam the ability to interpret and understand what was being said. So judging by the account or by the story of Balaam and his donkey, as well as with what happened in Acts chapter 2, we can deduce and conclude that when it comes to authentic and genuine speaking in tongues, there is usually no hindrance in communication neither is there a need for a third party when it comes uh, for the for the for the purpose of interpretation it's usually a speaker and um, to hear a transaction in communication first corinthians chapter 14 verse 6 it says dear brothers and sisters if i should come to you speaking in an unknown language how would that help you but if I bring you a revelation or some special knowledge or prophecy or teaching, that will be helpful. Verse 9. It's the same for you. 
If you speak to people in words they don't understand, how will they know what you are saying? You might as well be talking into empty space. And in verse 16, it says, For if you praise God only in the Spirit, how can those who don't understand you praise God along with you? How can they join you in giving thanks when they don't, when they don't understand what you are saying? From these verses, verse 6, 9, and 16, we can see the apostle is trying to show them what speaking in tongues is not. Further, further in verse 21, it says, It is written in your scriptures, I will speak to my own people through strange languages and through the lips of foreigners, but even then they will not listen to me, says the Lord. I think verse 21 here is referencing Isaiah 28, 11. This is a prophecy of God fulfilled in Acts chapter 2, where God proves his unlimiting power to witness uh, and interpret the gospel through foreigners and foreign languages unknown to the people of Israel. And further in verse 22 of 1 Corinthians 14, it says, So you see that speaking in tongues is a sign not for believers, but for unbelievers. Prophecy, however, is for the benefit of believers, not unbelievers. The Apostle Paul mentioned that if I come to you speaking unknown language, how will that help you? Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, it says, A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. And that's the end of this episode as well as draws the curtain on this topic. Thanks for listening. I hope it was helpful. See you in the next. Hello everyone once again and welcome to the Saints Podcast. I am your host, Gabriel Ifanyo Onyawo. In today's episode, we shall be looking at the topic, Speaking in Tongues Part 2. The reason behind it is because there has been a continuous misunderstanding of the gift of speaking in tongues by a clear misinterpretation of the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 14. We have covered this topic in a previous episode, so you already have an idea of what, what is going on. Let's begin. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2, it says, For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God, since people won't be able to understand you. You will be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but it will all be mysterious. And then in verse 26, it says, Well, brothers, well, my brothers and sisters, let's summarize. When you meet together, one will sing, another will teach, another will tell some special revelation, revelation God has given, one will speak in tongues, and another will interpret what is said. But everything that is done must strengthen all of you. Verse 27, it says, No more than two or three should speak in tongues. They must speak one at a time and someone must interpret what they say. In a previous episode as well as in the book of Acts, we established the fact that the Spirit of God activates the gift of speaking in tongues where there is a language barrier for the purpose of passing a message across or at least witnessing the gospel. In the book of Acts chapter 2 verse 1 to 10, it says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Verse 2. Suddenly a noise came from heaven. It sounded like a strong wind blowing. This noise filled the whole house where they were sitting. Verse 3. They saw something that looked like flames of fire. The flames were separated and stood over each person there. Verse 4. They were all, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak different languages. 
the Holy Spirit was giving them the power to do this. Verse 5. There were some godly Jews in Jerusalem at this time. They were from every country in the world. Verse 6. A large crowd came together because they heard the noise. They were surprised because, as the, as the apostles were speaking, everyone heard in their own language. Verse 7. They were all amazed at this. They did not understand how the apostles could do this. They said, Look, these men we hear speaking are all from Galilee. Verse 8. But we hear them in our own languages. How is this possible? We are from all these different places. Verse 9. Parthia, Medea, Elam, Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia. Verse 10. Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, the areas of Libya near the city of Cyrene, Rome. Verse 11. Crete and Arabia. Some of us were born Jews and others have changed their religion to worship God like Jews. We are from these different countries, but we can hear these men in our own languages. We can all understand the great things they are saying about God. Now, notice the Spirit of God did not give the apostles the ability to speak a language they already knew how to speak. It was a language unknown to the apostles. However, I want to bring to your attention two types of speaking in tongues. I will term them category A and category B. Now, in category A type of speaking in tongues actually reflects what happened in Acts chapter 2. And we can, we can remember that in Acts chapter 2, when the apostles spoke in tongues or spoke in unknown languages that was unknown to the apostles, we, we, we recorded that the people who heard them interpreted and understood what was being said successfully without any kind of hindrance and without someone else interpreting for them what was said. But in category B, you would notice that when speaking in tongues happens, the hearers don't seem to understand what is being said. For instance, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2, it says, For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God. Why? Since people won't be able to understand you. You will be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but it will all be mysterious. And in verse 13 it says, So anyone who speaks in tongues should pray also for the ability to interpret what is being said. And in verse 27 it says, No more than two or three should speak in tongues. They must speak one at a time, and someone, mo someone must interpret what they say. So there is a difference here because in category A type of speaking in tongues, when speaking in tongues happens, the hearers usually interpret and understand what, what, what is being said successfully without any hindrance. But in category B, when speaking in tongues happens, the hearer does not understand, thereby there is a need for someone to interpret what is being said. So clearly we can see two, ty two types of speaking in tongues at play here. And so the question is, is there any further evidence in the Bible to support either one of these two to be more superior and authentic? The answer is yes, and is found in the Old Testament. In the book of Numbers chapter 22, verse 27 to 30, it says, But before then, just, just a little background. Now, there, there was a certain man by the name of Balak who happened to be the king of Moab. Now, Balak 
was seeking someone to lay a curse on the people of Israel. So he sent people to meet the prophet Balaam, promising him material and worldly rewards in exchange for him to lay a curse on the people of Israel. So when they went to, when they went to uh, Balaam, Balaam decided to consult God. But having, after consulting God, God told him not to go with them. So he told them he could not go with them because his God would not allow him. And they went back and brought this report to Balak. But Balak persuaded them further to persuade Balaam to come and uh, lay a curse on the people of Israel in exchange for material uh, rewards and stuff. So Balaam told them to lodge one more night for him to consult God. Having co consulted God, God told him to go. But in reality, God was angry with him and God sent an angel of the Lord to block him on the way and prevent him from going. So in the book of Numbers chapter 22 verse 27 to 30, it says, uh, also, okay, it says, the donkey saw Yahweh's angel and she lay down under Balaam. Balaam's anger burned and he struck the donkey with his staff. Verse 28, Yahweh opened the mouth of the donkey and she said to Balaam, what have I done to you that you have struck me that you have struck me these three times? Verse 29. Balaam said to the donkey, Because you have mocked me, I wish there were a sword in my hand, for now I would have killed you. Verse 30. The donkey said to Balaam, Am I not your donkey on which you have ridden all your life long until today? Was I ever in the habit of doing so to you? He said no. Verse 31 further. Then Yahweh opened the eyes of Balaam and he saw Yahweh's angel standing in the way with his sword drawn in his hand and he bowed down and he bowed his head and fell and fell on his face. So here we notice that Balaam had a successful conversation with his donkey. I repeat, his donkey, not a human being. So it's safe to say that the spirit of God enabled a donkey to speak in tongues or to speak in unknown language. Unknown, unknown to the donkey but known to Balaam. Also notice there was no need for someone else or a third party to interpret for Balaam what was being said. Balaam had interpreted and understood what was said. Even in the midst of language barrier between Balaam and a donkey, between a human being and an animal, there was a successful conversation made possible by the power and the spirit of God. We can say the donkey spoke in tongues. Similarly, the same thing happened in Acts chapter 2, when the power of God filled the, the apostles and enabled them the ability to speak in tongues, the apostles spoke in different languages from all those places that was mentioned in Acts chapter 2. All those places with having those languages that those languages that normally the apostles wouldn't be able to speak, but the power of God enabled them to speak all those languages successfully and the people from those places heard the apostles and understood interpreted interpreted successfully without any hindrance and without a third party interpreting for them what was said and so from this we can conclude that that these two these two evidences of what happened in book of numbers and what happened in book of acts chapter 2 supports category a of speaking in tongues and so we can say category A of speaking in tongues is more superior and more authentic than category B of speaking in tongues. But for people who believe in speaking or uttering sounds that no one can understand or interpret, 
will argue would argue that speaking in tongues is not meant to be understood by human beings because the speaker is not speaking to men rather is speaking to god and to prove this they would quote first corinthians 14 2. so let's look at let's read it one more time and really interpret this in first corinthians chapter 14 verse 2 it says for if you have the ability to speak in tongues you will be talking only to god since people won't be able to understand you you will be speaking by the power of the spirit but it will all be mysterious so is this verse trying to tell us that speaking in tongues means speaking to god and not to people by speaking spiritual mysteries that only god has the ability to understand if that is so then how do you explain acts chapter 2 where the apostles you know spoke in tongues or we can we can say as we can assume spoke the same spiritual mysteries that human beings aren't supposed to understand but guess what human beings understood and interpreted it successfully which is which is to say acts chapter 2 is in direct direct conflict with what we understand to be the meaning of first corinthians 14 2. and if that be it so then what is the correct understanding or interpretation of first corinthians 14 2. I think the answer is found in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 28. It says, But if no one is present who can interpret, they must be silent in your church meeting and speak in tongues to God privately. Remember verse 2 says, Whoever is speaking in tongues is talking to God, especially if people can understand what you are saying. And the reason behind that is, verse 28 says, But if no one can but if no one is present who can interpret, they must be silent in your church meeting and speak in tongues to God privately. And that is because it is unlikely that the Spirit of God would activate the gift of speaking in tongues where no one can understand or interpret it successfully. Now think about it this way. Imagine if Balaam's donkey were to speak to another donkey in human language made possible by the power of God. Just like in 1 Corinthians 14, we can say that donkey is speaking to God since his fellow donkey cannot understand what he is saying. So the idea that speaking in tongues means speaking to God and not men is actually wrong. On the contrary, speaking in tongues simply means God speaking to someone through another person where there is language barrier. Now, is it possible that Paul is trying to prove what speaking in tongues is not in a creative way that does not cause disunity or division? In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10, it says, I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ, to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no divisions in the church. Rather, be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 28 mentions that if the speaker who is speaking in tongues or whereby there is a speaking in tongues happening and no one is able to interpret what is being said, that the speaker should remain silent and speak to God in tongues privately. Now also in the book of Isaiah 55 11 claims that God says that his word will not return to him void. Imagine a situation whereby, decide, whereby God decides to pass a message and decides to do it through speaking in tongues. But unfortunately, no one could interpret what was being said. And so the speaker had to be silent and return and speak to God in tongues privately, probably returning God's word to him unfulfilled, unsuccessful. That doesn't make sense. 
Furthermore, in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 now, chapter 12 verse 10, it's talking about the different gifts that the Spirit gives. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 10, it says, He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else, he gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still, another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. And so my question is, who is likely to be the lucky fellow whom the Spirit of God will grant the ability to interpret what is being said in tongues or in unknown languages? If you ask me, the answer is staring us in the eyes hidden in plain sight. Now, simply put, in the case of Balaam and his donkey, we can say the Spirit of God enabled the donkey the ability to speak in tongues, while the same Spirit enabled Balaam the ability to interpret and understand what was being said. So judging by the account or by the story of Balaam and his donkey, as well as with what happened in Acts chapter 2, we can deduce and conclude that when it comes to authentic and genuine speaking in tongues, there is usually no hindrance in communication neither is there a need for a third party when it comes uh, for the for the for the purpose of interpretation it's usually a speaker and um, to hear a transaction in communication first corinthians chapter 14 verse 6 it says dear brothers and sisters if i should come to you speaking in an unknown language how would that help you but if I bring you a revelation or some special knowledge or prophecy or teaching, that will be helpful. Verse 9. It's the same for you. If you speak to people in words they don't understand, how will they know what you are saying? You might as well be talking into empty space. And in verse 16, it says, For if you praise God only in the Spirit, how can those who don't understand you praise God along with you? How can they join you in giving thanks when they, don't, when they don't understand what you are saying? From these verses, verse 6, 9, and 16, we can see the apostle is trying to show them what speaking in tongues is not. Further, further in verse 21, he says, It is written in your scriptures, I will speak to my own people through strange languages and through the lips of foreigners, but even then they will not listen to me, says the Lord. I think verse 21 here is referencing Isaiah 28:11. This is a prophecy of God fulfilled in Acts chapter 2, where God proves his unlimiting power to witness uh, and interpret the gospel through foreigners and foreign languages unknown to the people of Israel. And further in verse 22 of 1 Corinthians 14, it says, So you see that speaking in tongues is a sign not for believers, but for unbelievers. Prophecy, however, is for the benefit of believers, not unbelievers. The Apostle Paul mentioned that if I come to you speaking unknown language, how will that help you? Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, it says, A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. And that's the end of this episode as well as draws the curtain on this topic. Thanks for listening. I hope it was helpful. See you in the next.